Hello and welcome into FCC Talk. I am your host, John Rhodes, and with me today I have CJ Mustin, student minister here at First Christian Church. How are you doing today, CJ? I'm doing great. How are you, John? I'm doing good. Well, we don't have a ton of time in this episode. we got to keep it under an hour, so we've been pre- doing pretty good at that lately. So we're just going to go ahead and get right into it. You know the deal. Like and subscribe, uplifting, all of those things. Uh, so we're just going to get right into it. Our very first top of, topic of conversation is the Texans' new quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Now, I know you all know I'm really into football, okay? I know some of you aren't, but hear me out. Let's just talk about it for a minute. All right, so C.J. Stroud is taking the NFL by storm, all right? If, if you know anything about football, you, you've heard this name, you've heard of what he's doing. Um, as a rookie, he is in the conversation for being the most valuable player or being awarded the most valuable player award, um, but that's not the biggest story about C.J. Stroud. The biggest story about him is just how outspoken he is with his faith in just about every press conference and just about every interview. Uh, he makes a point to, you know, give glory to God, that he has his abilities, that he's where he's at in his life. Um, and, you know, it's a much longer story. But in addition to that, his father is currently in prison. And so that is something that he's also dealing with um, and trying to navigate not just new NFL quarterback, you know, huge change in his life, his faith, his father not being there because he's in prison. I mean, all of these different things. Uh, But through it all, he gives glory to God. Here's a quote that he said to CBS, all glory and praise to uh, have to go to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wins in the NFL don't come easy. And by the glory of God, we came out and got the win. Um, CJ, I think this is really, really encouraging whenever we see professional athletes, celebrities really be outspoken about their faith. For me, I really like football and CJ Stroud's from Ohio State, who I root for. So, you know, to me, it's a really cool story. But but you tell me, what are some of your thoughts on when like a new NFL player or a new celebrity, somebody like that is so vocal about their faith uh, coming from a difficult situation? Well, I have two thoughts. Uh, the first is I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it's absolutely incredible when um, someone takes the platform that they're given and they use that platform and perform at the best of their ability uh, to give God honor and glory. Um, I, I think that is absolutely fantastic and absolutely incredible. And I think that it can give uh, a lot of younger, uh, younger and older fans and, and kids um, someone to look up to. And, um, and when people look up to a quarterback that does really, really well, uh, and he says, Hey, you know, I'm a Jesus follower. Um, there's, there's a a chance that people are going to say, Oh, you know, what is it about this Jesus? Um, and so my first thought is it's absolutely fantastic. My second thought is, um, that we, as Jesus followers, whatever platform we're given should use that platform to further the kingdom of God. I, in our student ministry, I call this kingdom work. Um, and I know in my own life, a lot of times I tend to talk to myself and say, well, my platform isn't big enough. Like, like there's people that have so many more followers, uh, so much more fame and they, they can spread the message of Jesus, but really God has placed us in the platform that he has placed us to reach specific people for a specific reason. And so, um, and so 
whatever platform we find ourselves in, we should be uh, expanding God's kingdom and expressing uh, our our love for Jesus Christ. Yeah, I really like that second point you made that whatever platform you have, because it can get easy to say like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm not super famous or I'm not, you know, this big superstar or anything like that. Um, but in reality, any person that you have influence over in your life or just influence with, not even over, um, you know, to be outspoken about your faith to them makes an impact. On Absolutely. Them. You know, it can be as simple as, you know, your family, your children, your, your spouse. Um, it can be as expansive as, you know, a prison ministry or, or something like that. Uh, but in reality, you're exactly right that no matter what platform we have, we need to be giving 100% effort in doing that. Mm -hmm. um, when I went to Kentucky Christian University, Everybody graduated. I think it was the same way at CCU uh, where everybody graduated with a minor in ministry in addition yep. to whatever they – yeah. Um, and I loved that you know Kentucky Christian University, as I'm sure CCU did as well, uh, put an emphasis on saying wherever you go, even if you're not working full-time in a church, like you're going to be doing ministry. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be prepared for this in some way, shape, or form. Um, and it reminded me that like, yes – us ministers, you know, we are full-time in ministry, and that's fantastic, and I love that, um, but we also have others who are ministering out there as well to people, so whether you're yes. an NFL athlete, whether you are, you know, an office worker, you know, for an insurance firm, whatever it might be, you have the opportunity to influence with your platform. Um, CJ, I, I remember growing up, you know, whenever I saw an athlete or a celebrity that, you know, was outspoken about their faith, I kind of would grasp onto that, you know, my, my later elementary years into some of my teenage years, um, I would kind of grasp onto that and really kind of look at that person as like a role model in my life, because obviously sports was, was very influential in my life. And obviously God was as well. So you don't always see those two things mixed, but when they did, it was really interesting. Um, do you still see this happening with our youth today? And if so, how expansive do you think it is? Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is still this is still happening. People are um, gravitating toward the the followers of Jesus, and um, you know when when people are outspoken. And I th I think it's really cool that not only is he outspoken, C.J. Stroud, but he's also willing to be vulnerable about where he's come from and uh, his dad and the things that he's dealing with. And so there's this dichotomy of um, my life's not perfect. I'm still a follower of Jesus. Um, and I think the celebrities that are outspoken in that form and fashion, I, they, they gain a following. Um, and I definitely see that among uh, our students today for sure. Yeah, not to put down other athletes who have done it, but this is this is where I see the difference between some other athletes like uh, Tim Tebow um, or maybe a Drew Brees or something like that. Again, I'm not putting them down. I think those are great athletes uh, who have tremendous faith as well. Uh, I don't I don't think either of them are in professional athlete, athletics anymore, but. Um, I agree that to see CJ Stroud really open up about, you know, hey, I'm still a follower of Jesus, even though everything's not perfect in my life. Yes, I have these amazing abilities and yes, I'm, I'm doing really well in this National Football League. But, you know, I come from a family that, you know, I don't get to see my dad a lot um, and my dad doesn't get to see me. I don't think he's ever 
since high school, I think. Um, I don't think he's ever had his dad see him play in a football game. Um, and so I can't imagine, you know, like excelling to that point in your life and not being able to share that with your father in the moment. Obviously, he can talk to him and stuff like that and, and those things. But like in the moment, not have his father watch him do those things. Um, right. And so it's kind of easy for us to look at professional athletes sometimes and say like, oh, well, you know, you must have it so easy, you know, having millions of dollars and all these things. Um, but I can only imagine the heartache and the hardship uh, of doing that. Uh, or, or, or of having your father not being able to see you do the things that you do um, to such an uh, you know extreme level to to such a really good mm-hmm. level. Um, you have any more final thoughts on this before we move on, CJ? Nope, I just think it's a great thing. I think so too. I think so too. All right, well, we'll move on to our next uh, piece of news. I guess this isn't really news. This is an article from uh, you guessed it right, the Gospel Coalition, who <laughs> I love. <laughs> reading and listening to and all of their stuff. Uh, this is called Christ Victory Over Social Media. Again, all of these articles will be in the description if you would like to read them. Uh, but it is from the author Lauren Heck, and she talks about uh, just like social media today and the influence it has and how, you know, back years ago, social media was really being used for kind of some, some awful things. And not to say it's not used for those things anymore, but Christians have, have, in her mind, done a good job of kind of taking a grasp of social media and using it for God and not, you know, having it only be about anxiety and comparisons and some of those different things that you might hear be bad about social media fighting, stuff like that. Um, And so she outlines a few different ways that social media is used well. Um, She talks about using it for testimonies. She talks about using it for outreach. Um, CJ, I'd like to get your thoughts on how do you personally see social media be used for good and not some of the bad things that maybe it's been used for in the past? Yeah, there there are so many ways that I see social media being used for good. I see uh, ministries being able to to reach out to people that they may not have been able to reach out to uh, before social media. I see people being able to connect with other people that they definitely wouldn't have been able to connect to uh, before social media. And, and I see um, a lot of encouragement um, and, and just, um, love being spread, the love of Christ being spread through social media. Um, and I kind of like, I don't necessarily doubt the statistics that anxiety is up. Um, but when I look at social media, um, it kind of irks me when people are just negative, 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 because, Uh, It's all in how you use it. And I've seen so many students and so many adults use social media for such incredible things um, that uh, when we talk about it, I think there definitely has to be a side of the conversation that says, man, this is this is an incredible tool. We can use this for great things for God's kingdom. Um, And and I see that I see that through. students and adults and ministries all over the place. 
Yeah, and I think it makes a difference that people have really kind of grasped the idea of, you know, how social media integrates into our lives. And, you know, I talk about it in chapel with the kids a lot is that, you know, when when you are a follower of Jesus, you know, yes, you make a turn in your life, but it's almost like Jesus has just been integrated into your life. And he is every part of who you are, the decisions you make, the things you strive for. You know, when you are truly following Jesus, that's kind of the effect that that it has on your life. And so it's nice to see people use social media in such a way that it actually integrates with their lives. And when their lives are integrated into Christ, uh, then you begin to see that more. You begin to see more of the encouragement. You begin to see more of the uh, working together, uh, outreach, stuff like that. Um, I think social media has kind of got a bad rap for a long time as it's just this place that political warfare <laughs> happens right. and everybody argues about the president and everything else. Um, but I think, and, and one thing I'm that I like most about this platform that we have, I know it's not social media, but that you can make a consistent effort to say, I'm not going to be negative. I'm not going to, you know, say things that hurt other people. I'm going to be a positive influence. Um, now that doesn't mean everything is happy and rainbows all the time. Obviously, you know, if you need to speak up about a certain issue or something like that, but you do so in such a way that's positive and uplifting to other people, um, and not just putting them down because they disagree with you on, on one small thing. Mm -hmm. um, CJ, the article mentions at the end about our obligation to be online, that Christians have an obligation to be online. Uh, they talk a lot, Lauren talks a lot about how uh, we are not meant to just be in a group of believers, that we should have some kind of outreach, you know, spreading the gospel. Uh, she, she cites the Great Commission a few different places. She cites some, some uh, Psalms, different things like that. But I'd like to get your take. Do you agree or disagree that Christians have an obligation to be online? Uh I agree. I think that um, what the term obligation is kind of a loaded term, um, but I I think that uh, Christians should have influence where they are, mm -hmm. and so I, I'm not saying that you know if your thing is not being online, then by all means. You know, God may have you influencing elsewhere. I'm not saying every Christian should be online, but I think that um, there should be a presence. Uh, and in the article, she mentions how uh, for a long time we've discussed that uh, Satan has used the social media for negative things. Um, and oftentimes that's that's how it's preached that social media, Satan can grab a hold and distract and use it for negative. Um, and so, but I also think there's a tendency where um, Satan can use Christians on social media to say, well, I'm, I'm not even going to go there. I'm stepping away from there. I'm canceling all my social media subscriptions. And suddenly the negative that is on social media has lost a positive voice. And so I think that it's important that if you are on social media, if that is your thing, then then by all means, use that for God's kingdom. Again, kind of going back to what we said earlier, um, God's placed you in a sphere of influence for a reason. And so go be the positive voice, be the, the person that goes out and makes a difference for God's kingdom on social media.
Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, it's important to realize what that term obligation means. Uh, you know, I, by, do I think that, you know, if you're not on social media, uh, you know, outreaching other people that God looks down on you and says that he's disappointed in you? No, I don't think that's the case. I think you're right, CJ. It goes back to our platforms uh, and what we have. You know, for me personally, I, you know, I'm on Twitter and my personal account has over 3,000 followers. I'm on TikTok and my personal account has over 10,000 followers. I think over 15,000 actually. Uh, so by no means am I <laughs> bragging about about myself here, but um, my whole goal when I started those was to produce content that is positive, that's not argumentative. Um, it is mainly sports, so if, you know if you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go find John on social media." Um, yeah, I'm mostly sports, so if you don't like sports, you might not like it a lot. But um, I do try to, you know, be outspoken about my faith, and I do try to be uplifting and encouraging to other people. Uh, if I see somebody being mistreated, I might step up and say, "Hey, that's not cool." Uh, which you know, on social media is not always a popular thing to do, but you know, sometimes it can be popular and nice to do as well. Um, so I think for me, like I do have an obligation because that's a platform mm -hmm. that, you know, God has blessed me with to be able to utilize. Um, yeah. but for somebody who, you know, like I have a friend, I won't, I won't say who he is, but I have a friend who he has just been down in the dumps over social media for like the last year or two. And it really has affected his just like. I don't know if it's his outlook or how he would describe it, but just like the, the mood that he has out there amongst other people, because he does get concerned about politics. He does get anxiety about thinking about what's going to happen next, those kind of things. And social media wasn't helping that. And so he just ended up deleting all of his social media accounts, except for his Facebook, which he says he checks in on every now and then to see, you know, other people's family pictures and funny memes and stuff like that, uh, which, you know, hey, that's fine. Um, so like for him, I don't know, I would say he's obligated to be on social media, but I would right. say you know, try to get to a place where you're away from that. Cause I think there's a lot to be said about taking a break from something um, and maybe try to reconnect, you know, like I said, on, on just like one social media platform that you can be connected with people online because so many people are connected online and not just in person nowadays. I do feel like it's something that uh, we at least need to be available for am i off base there or do you think that i'm kind of on the right track CJ? no i think you're on the right track and you know uh if you don't take care of your own health personally first then you're not going to be healthy toward others and so um i mean that's you're right on track for sure yeah yeah i think that's really important to recognize in all these things especially when we you know realize when we're given commands and that and that can be kind of hard sometimes right because we we don't want to be selfish <laughs> but we also don't uh want to do things that might inhibit us or hurt our mental health or or, or hurt our relationship with god in any such way um and so but i think you know like i said it all kind of comes down to using things in moderation you know only using one source those kind of things i took a break from tiktok for a long time because I, th I think it was like six months. I didn't post on it. I didn't get on it, anything like that, because it was just consuming my mind too much. Um, so it was, it was difficult, but, but yeah. So any more thoughts on social media or anything, CJ? I don't think so. How about you?
Uh, nope, that's all I got. All right, we'll move on to our last one. Uh, this one is from Relevant Magazine. Uh, so a tattoo artist by the name of Kat Von D. I don't know if any of you know who she is, but she uh, is pretty well known in the tattoo and makeup kind of industry. Um, I don't know this industry very well. However, uh, she did convert to Christianity. So that was a really big thing. I forget how long ago it was. I don't think it was too long ago. Uh, but a news story came out from Relevant Magazine that uh, Kat Von D, you know, she's seen as this young tattoo artist, makeup, you know, uh, they call her a makeup mogul <laughs> in this story. Um, and she says that she prefers to attend a church that embraces tradition. Um, it's kind of not really what you think of, and they even address it in the article that, you know, a young new believer would probably be more, you know, you would think would be more apt to go into one of these modern mega churches type of thing, uh, you know, where the music is loud and where the preaching is, you know, uh, you know, the lights come down and the preaching is really strong, you know, like all those things, not to say preaching isn't strong. Uh, at traditional churches, but I think you know what I mean. Like it, it, it's more modern uh, in those ways, just kind of the whole environment around it all. Um, and so it, it, it's interesting to hear her kind of give her thoughts on these things um, and to think through church today and how sometimes churches today try to go away from the traditional because they don't think it's attractive or they don't think that people will like it as much. But then we have, you know, this Kat Von D who's new to the faith that says, no, I want to embrace the traditional. So what do you think CJ it is about this traditionalism that might be more attractive to a younger audience today than some people might realize? Well, I think there's uh, something to be said for uh, a different experience than uh, what everyone receives everywhere else. Um, and so um, I think that, different people experience also experience God in different ways. And, um, and so I think it's important that we offer those experiences, uh, for people and, uh, don't just gravitate toward, well, most people do it this way. So we're only doing it this way. Uh, I think it's really important that we offer options for people to experience God in the way that they experience God best, whether that's in a traditional sense or a more contemporary sense. What do you what do you think, John? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, in the article at the end, they uh, they make the point we all be belong to a tradition. Kind of making the point that like we all come from somewhere, mm -hmm. um, and we all kind of have those roots. Um, and for me, you know, I've been spoke you know outspoken about it uh, here with amongst our staff. Um, you know, I don't think every church should be cookie cutter the same. You know, I don't mm -hmm. think every church should be the, you know, mega church, you know, stadium seating, stuff like that. I also don't think every church should be, you know, a group of 20 to 50 people um, who, who uh, you know, have more of an acoustic setting or it's acapella or something like that with their worship. But I do think that it's important that we have those different options. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I realize that's hard to think about because, you know, like my mind says, well, it doesn't matter, you know, what the option is, just go to church. You know, <laughs> that's kind of what I say in my mind. But I do, you know, I do think there is something to be said about people in a community embracing around kind of a style, kind of a um, manner in which things are done, whether it's more modern, whether it's more traditional, um, and being kind of, 
united through those things. Because as much as the church is, you know, meant to outreach and bring new people in, we're also a community. We're also a community of believers who need to be living life together and who need to be, you know, together in far, far more ways than what we might realize. And so if we can come together through some kind of modern means or traditional means, whatever it is, I think the most important part is not the style. It's that the word of God is preached and that the word of God is true, uh, truly given uh, the way it was intended to be given um, in those situations. So uh, that's what I've always thought. Um, CJ, I'm, do you, I'm with you. Do yeah. you think, so do you think that sometimes we as churches think too much about the tradition uh, in the modernism of it all and just kind of the style of ministry? Do you think we got to get caught up in that too much? I think sometimes we do. I think sometimes we think there's a certain way to do it and we kind of stick with that way. Um, and and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with social media and online yeah. stuff. You know, there there's a, there's a space there for church online and that's an important thing and and a a wave that is moving um and and so i think that it's important that as churches we recognize people connect in different ways and that that online way may be another way for people that haven't connected in the past to connect um and so uh yeah i i totally agree i think it's just creating experiences for people to experience God, how they experience him best for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's more important, less important to think about style uh, and more important, more important to think about your church community and kind of what fits you. Uh, mm-hmm. what, well, not just you personally, but your community as a whole. I remember when we first started doing um, church online, it was like, well, we're just going to start with a sermon and we're going to do it that way. Well, that lasted, you know, what, December through February in 2019 to 2020. And then all of a sudden March hit, everything happened. And we're like, boom, we're going to, you know, we, now we got to figure it out and put the whole service on there because people aren't able to come inside mm-hmm. and, and do uh, what they're supposed to do. So it would have been really easy for us to get through the pandemic and for us to say, okay, now let's go back to what we originally planned for church online and do it that way. Um, but we, we adjusted. We said, mm-hmm. you know, here's kind of the situation of our church. Uh, we're not a 20 to 50 person church. We probably could get anywhere from 50 to 100 people to watch online any given Sunday. Um, and that's generally about what we get is anywhere from about 50 to 100 people online. Um, and so if we're looking at a church that has 300 to 400 inside and then 50 to 100 online, that's a substantial enough piece of our congregation that we need to make sure they are not ignored, that they don't feel like they've been, uh, you know, not thought of or anything. Like we need to make sure that those people realize um, who they are. But at the same time, and if if you've ever noticed this with our messaging, um, and uh, CJ, I know you have because we've talked about it before, our messaging is never that online church is the only solution. You know, that online church is a great tool for when you're not able to be here. It's a great tool for if if somebody's sick and you have to be at home with them, if you're on vacation and you want to remain connected, or maybe uh, you miss the service on Sunday morning, you'd like to go back and watch it later. 
it's a great tool for that. Uh, but online church is never meant to be like your new uh, way to attend church. You know, uh, some churches have hired online ministers, which, you know, you can have your thoughts about that. But, you know, that's kind of what their church saw that they needed. Um, and we never did that because we never felt like we wanted people to only be connected to the church online. We wanted it to be used as a resource uh, for people being connected, but never the sole uh, connection that they have. You want to speak to that a little bit, CJ, and what you have thoughts on that about? Um, I, I, and I just think, I, just going back to what I said again, however you experience God best is, uh, is where you connect. Um, and I think that it's important that churches, uh, just continue to provide that. Um, churches are notorious for being 20 years behind, uh, everything else. And, uh, I would love to see church culture, uh, be on the cutting edge and, um, tradition is an important part of our church and our church heritage. And I think that we come back to, to, to tradition and where we have been. Uh, but I think it's important that we look forward to the future and don't get stuck in that tradition as well. So I think that's really important. Right. And there's definitely something to be said there about not just looking at your congregation and your church and saying, what do we need now? But also looking ahead and saying, you know, okay, where do we need to be? Where do we need to go uh, for things? You know, when I first got here, one of the first things that, um, you know, I, I, I would heard the elders talk about was uh, we need more leadership. We need to bring more leaders into this church and doing more things. Um, and it proved to be true because years down the road later after COVID, you know, we found ourselves saying, hey, we need some more elders because right now, uh, not that our elders are doing bad by any means. I love our elders and our elders do a great job, but there's just not as many of them as there once were. And so we want to be able to have those options that, you know, if they are burnt out, if they are you know, not uh, being able to do as they were once able to do, that there would be some other leaders who would come in um, and do those things. Uh, and not just on the ownership, but in our community and those other places as well. So, all right. Any more thoughts on embracing, embracing tradition in church, CJ? I don't think so. I think we covered it. All right. Very good. Got our last two items here. Uh, one of them is what are you eating? What are you watching? What are you reading? Anything new uh, that you're experiencing food, entertainment-wise, anything like that, CJ? We're just looking forward to Thanksgiving, uh, you know, getting everything ready for that. Uh, we're uh, one of my favorite things about Thanksgiving is um, my wife makes an incredible pumpkin pie with maple syrup in it. Um or an apple pie with bacon on it. And, uh, nice. and so one of those two, I'm sure will be a part of what we do. And I'm excited for that. Um, so we're just looking forward to Thanksgiving. We've got out our Thanksgiving. Uh, we have one Thanksgiving movie, Charlie Brown, and then we've nice. got out our Christmas movies. And, uh, and so we're got out our Christmas books and just enjoying the season for all it's worth right now. Very good. You guys got your Christmas tree up yet? We do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We do it on my birthday, November 1st. There so you go. The well, one you guys, thing I love doing. You guys do the Halloween tree too, right? We do, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, think that's, I think that's great. You guys got to get – is it an orange tree or you use the, you use the same tree? We use the Halloween same tree okay. uh, and then just decorate it up. We've got like orange ribbon and then spider webbing and uh, Jack Skellington ornaments and all kinds of good stuff. 
Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, we taught Lottie to say trick or treat um, when the kids were coming over to her grandparent or her Lottie's grandparents' house and my in-laws. Um, and every time the kids would come up, Lottie would say trick or treat to the kids. Um, oh. And now, and now she still says it. That's <laughs> so awesome. We're like, well, you know, I don't need more candy for you. Uh, sorry, but but. Yeah, she would say trick or treat, and then she would give the candy away. Um, so I don't know. We might be treating her. her uh, uh, we might be teaching her Halloween wrong, but you know, <laughs> that is awesome. It is what it is. So yeah, she was Mirabelle for her Halloween, and uh, we we don't have our tree up yet. We're uh, we'll probably get there after Thanksgiving. We normally take that weekend after Thanksgiving and and put it up. But some other times we've we've done it differently. As well, we actually need a new tree this year because when I was putting it all away, uh, there was like one. We had one of those pre-lit trees, uh-huh. um, which I'm learning are really, really nice when you first get them, but uh-huh. they really stink when the lights start to go out. Yes. <laughs> so we'll see if we do the pre-lit tree or not again, but we need to buy buy another one. And so then the thought process right now is, well, how big of a tree do we want to get? What if we want to get a real tree? And yeah, so, you know, yeah. that's that's fun for us to decide on. Um, CJ, so, you know, just kind of a truth Tuesday moment. We don't do truth Tuesday anymore, but we do it on here. Um, you know, what's a Bible verse or something that you've been thinking of that has been impactful, uh, in your life, maybe this past week or, or, or sometime recently? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to teach on this. I kind of outlined this a little bit on Facebook a couple weeks ago, and, uh, I get the opportunity to preach here. Uh, the the weekend after Thanksgiving. And so uh, this is kind of where my focus is going to be. But um, Paul says, uh, be thankful in all circumstances. And what does that look like? Uh, and, and typically we tend to think, hey, be thankful. And so be happy, be cheery, uh, think of the good things in your life. And uh, the challenge that I've, that's really been laid on my heart lately is that Um, Paul knew what it was like to be thankful in all circumstances. And he talks about how he experienced incredible highs and incredible lows. And, um, and being thankful uh, in the good times looks different than being thankful in the bad times. Mm -hmm. Um, In, in the good times, it's, it's happy and cheery. And and in the bad times, um, being able to express our negative emotions is actually a way that we can be thankful uh, and being able to express those emotions to God and relying on him um, as our savior is, is a way that we can, uh, that we can be thankful. And so uh, I'll talk more about that, but, but just a little snippet um, as we draw close to Thanksgiving, um, being thankful in the good times looks different than being thankful in the negative times and in the, in the difficult times. So, um, don't be afraid to feel your emotions. If things are going, uh, tough right now, don't be afraid to express your emotions to God. He's big enough. He can handle it. And he gave us our emotions to, to help us through whatever we might be facing. So, um, I'll, I'll dive more into that the, the week after Thanksgiving. So if you want to hear more on that, come to our church the week after Thanksgiving, but, uh, that's just a short snippet. It's what been on my heart a lot here lately. 
for sure. And we also post your worship coil messages on the podcast on Tuesdays. So um, if you want to be on the lookout for that one, do you know what the title of it is going to be? That one actually, uh, it, it's just going to be being thankful in all circumstances. Okay. Uh, that one actually, I, I did give that one to our student ministry um, and the recording messed up. So, oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, so the, when the recording messed up, I was like, man, I really need to get this out there for, for the adults to hear as well. Yeah. Uh, so typically I would not redo a lesson that I did at Worship Uncoiled, but when that kind of messed up, I was like, yeah, I, I think this needs to be heard. So, yeah. well, it's not bad for the students to hear it other time. As right. Well, um, right. So, yeah, no, I think that's really, really important to know. I, I, I've always been an advocate of just, you know, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, just go to God with it. Even if you don't think your prayer is going to be the most holy prayer in the world. Uh, right. You know, I've been there before where like, you know, I, I'm in the middle of praying and I'm like, you know, is what I'm saying really all that holy or righteous? I don't know. You know, not that I'm like, you know, uh, saying anything awful, I guess. I don't know. But just like thinking in the moment, you know, this isn't like your standard, you know, God, thank you for this day. Uh, you know, all the, you know, it's not like your standard prayer, but at the end of the day, that's what God wants is for us to go to him in every single circumstance, whether yes. you are on top of the world because everything is going great uh, or whether there has been a huge tragedy in your life and you just feel like you have nowhere else to turn um, in every situation, turn to God and express to him what is going on in your mind and in your heart. Um, because at the end of the day, when we begin to turn from God and look for, um, you know, some kind of answer or somebody to listen to or something to help cope with what is going on, that is not God. That's when we get ourselves in the most trouble. Um, there is no emotion. There is no feeling. There is no thought uh, that God cannot handle you communicating to him. Um, I remember my, my youth minister telling me that one time, and it's always been very impactful for me to think about as well. So, All right, CJ, any more thoughts before we get out of here? I don't think so. All right. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, oh, uh, Thanks for is there, me. Anything going on this Christmas with the student ministry or coming into next year or anything you want to bring up before we get out of here? Uh, skit guys are coming December right. 13th. Yes. They're doing a live Christmas show. We have plenty of tickets still available. So uh, tickets can be purchased online or you can come see me, purchase them in the office. Um, I'd love to pack out the house for the skit guys. Uh, and they are uh, incredibly funny for people of all ages. Mm -hmm. uh, our kids watch their DVD over and over and over and over. And Luna, who this was probably a year or two ago, so uh, four and five-year-old was just cackling. So, I mean, four and five-year-old all the way up to, you know, 90, 100, uh, people <sighs> of all ages, uh, you're going to enjoy this. So uh, December 13th, 6 o'clock here at First Christian Church, uh, get your tickets. It's going to be an awesome night. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Lottie, uh, she might not understand every joke, but she loves when a crowd of people are all in unison with something, whether it's laughing, whether it's clapping. She just thinks it's the most fun thing ever. So, uh, you know, at, at the very least, if you have a child who is around the age of two, they will enjoy being with everybody in there uh, and doing that. So thanks so much for coming on, CJ. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time. See you guys.